It's July 11th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top story? On Sunday, Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister urged civilians in the Russian-occupied southern region of Kyrgyzstan to urgently evacuate as Ukraine's armed forces were preparing a counterattack there. Kyrgyzstan's Russian-installed authorities say they want to hold a referendum on ceding to Russia, but they had not yet set a date. The Kremlin says the future of the region should be determined by its residents. A report in the New York Times says that the Biden administration is actively working to prevent erosion of support for Ukraine across the globe. American officials have encouraged other countries to provide leftover stores of Soviet-made weaponry that Ukrainians are more familiar with, an item on Mr. Biden's agenda for a trip to the Middle East when he is scheduled to meet with leaders of Arab states that were once clients of Moscow. The Biden administration is also focusing on winning over the swing states, as some call them, Brazil, China, India, and other countries that have not joined the campaign by the United States and Europe to isolate Moscow. A diplomatic effort would seek to show them that Ukraine and the United States would be open to a negotiated settlement as long as there are no territorial concessions, making the point that it is Russia that refuses to end the war. Canada will allow the delivery of a key component to help deliver Russian gas to Germany. Ottawa announced yesterday, despite appeals from Ukraine to hold off on returning the equipment. Canada will grant a time-limited and revocable permit so Siemens can deliver turbines to Germany following their maintenance in Montreal, Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson announced. He cited threats to the German economy and risk that Germans would be, quote, unable to heat their homes as winter approaches without the gas supply. Russian state-owned energy giant Gazprom had blamed the delayed return of the turbines for a recent 40% reduction in gas deliveries through the pipeline. Elsewhere, Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa has confirmed he will resign, the Prime Minister's office has said after tens of thousands of protesters stormed the official residence of both men. The parliament speaker had earlier said the president would resign on July 13th. Mr. Rajapaksa, whose whereabouts are unknown, has not spoken publicly since his residence was stormed on Saturday. Sources have told the BBC he is on a Navy vessel in Sri Lankan waters. He was moved to safety before protesters entered the presidential palace. Under Sri Lanka's constitution, his resignation can only formally be accepted when he resigns by letter to the speaker, which has yet to happen. The president has been blamed for the country's economic mismanagement, which has caused dire shortages of food, fuel, and medicine for months. Japan's Liberal Democratic Party of the late former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe cruised to victory following a parliamentary vote on Sunday. The ruling LDP secured 63 seats, more than half of the 125 seats up for grabs in the upper house, according to local media reports. Quote, 
It's significant we were able to pull this election together at a time violence was shaking the foundations of the election, said Prime Minister Fumio Kishida, an Abe protege. Just last week, opinion polls showed the LDP winning under half the seats available, but the latest polls predicted that Sunday's vote would solidify Kishida's hold on power, putting him in a better position for a golden three years in which he will face no further elections. Iran announced Sunday that it has begun enriching uranium up to 20% using sophisticated centrifuges at its underground Fordo nuclear plant, State TV reported, an escalation that comes amid a standoff with the West over its tattered atomic deal. That Tehran is enriching uranium up to 20% purity a technical step from weapons-grade levels of 90%, with a new set of its most advanced centrifuges at a facility deep inside a mountain, deals yet another blow to the already slim chances of reviving the accord. Nuclear talks have been at a standstill for months. The United States Special Envoy for Iran, Robert Malley, described the latest round of negotiations in Qatar as more than a little bit of a wasted occasion. Anger is surging among a growing number of Georgians who fear that their country's government is deliberately undermining Tbilisi's EU aspirations. The idea of joining the EU enjoys overwhelming public support in Georgia, where the pivotal geopolitical choice is largely between Moscow and the West. According to polls, some 88% and 75% of Georgians support EU and NATO membership respectively. The problem is that the ruling Georgian Dream Party, in power since 2012, has failed to show its commitment to these European aspirations, pushing many to wonder whether Georgian Dream is appeasing Russia to the detriment of Georgia's European future. The director of the Tbilisi-based think tank Georgia Institute of Politics says that the ruling party's basic instinct is to cling to power at all costs, and fulfillment of the European Commission's recommendations would deprive them of the leverage to maintain their power. Equalizing the power balance could potentially result in them losing elections. One of Canada's largest mobile and internet providers, Rogers, has apologized for the countrywide outage of its service which began on Friday. The company's CEO, Tony Staffieri, said the failure followed a maintenance update in our core network. Transport, banking, and emergency services were all hit by Friday's blackout, with 911 hotlines and bank ATMs left unavailable. Mr. Staffieri said the maintenance work caused some of our routers to malfunction early Friday morning. In lighter news, hoping to expand their appeal beyond the slot machine and buffet crowd, some casinos are turning to fine art galleries or exhibitions to bring in new business from customers who might not otherwise visit a gambling hall. One such effort began Friday at Atlantic City's Hard Rock Casino, where the highly acclaimed Beyond Van Gogh, the Immersive Experience exhibit opened. The 30,000-square-foot display uses over 300 of Van Gogh's works, reproducing them digitally and projecting them onto screens, 
walls, and floors. Other casinos are doing likewise. The Bellagio's Gallery of Fine Art in Las Vegas has displayed works by Picasso, Monet, Warhol, Titan, and Van Gogh. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Akil Berry, who is the Director of South Asia Initiatives at the Asia Society Policy Institute, to discuss the crisis in Sri Lanka. Go to the DSR Network and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.